Okay, enough of that, right? And seriously, I'm on an airplane, and I'm so tired, but coming home, and I'm praying, and I say, Lord, what do you want me to preach? Before I could get the words out to preach, I said, what do you want? And he spoke to me, I want community. And I'm like, wow, okay, okay, I'm listening. (laughs) But I didn't hear any more from him until Saturday morning when I woke up all fresh and ready to go, and he started talking to me. He says, I want want community. What is community? Community is a group of people that do life together in the same place. And they have fellowship around shared attitudes, interests, and goals. That's, that's all community is. And he's like, I want to do community. I want to have community with you, with the people of my, the body of Christ. He says, I want community. So like I said, community is a group of people that do life together in the same place and fellowship based on shared interests, goals, and attitudes. So fellowship, let's talk about this for a minute. Fellowship really is a Greek word from the word koinonia, koinonia. I can actually spell it better than I can say it, but it's koinonia. And really what it means, it means participation. Fellowship means participation. It means to share in common. It means to share in common. You share, I share. I share, you share. And it means communication. And so the Lord spoke to me. He said, community is from the word communion. It's about communion. It's always a two-way street. It's never one way where we're doing all the talking or where he's doing all the talking. He says, I want communion. I want community with my people. And so um, the, the modern, ter- and, the, and so the, the basis for, the foundational basis for Christian fellowship is really God sending his son, Jesus, to die on the cross, and he established in grace. He established in grace a way for us now to enter into that fellowship with him. So he provided community for us already. He provided fellowship by sending his son, amen? By sending his son to die on a cross and established in grace a new relation, a new covenant with human. Kind. So those who believe the gospel, those who believe the gospel, they are united by the Holy Spirit. Amen. They're united by the Holy Spirit into that community, into that fellowship. So let's look at John 4, 9 through 11. I'm sorry. First John 4, 9 through 11. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world, that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. This is love. Everybody say, this is love. love. Not that I love God, but that he loved me first. He sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. I know that's a big word, but all that word means is reparation for an offense. He sent him as payment to pay for an offense that someone had to pay for. He atoned us. His is, is atonement for our sins. And that's a big word too, but never forget this. Atonement at one meant, at one meant. He made us again at one 
with God. That's all that propitiation means. Or he sent him to be the mercy seat for our sins. Where we could not help ourselves. We could not provide for ourselves. He sent his son to be the mercy seat for our sins. Beloved now, verse 11, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. When we accept Jesus as Lord, when we accept that payment for sin that he did for us, the blood of Jesus washed all of our sins. Amen. We are now enabled with the power of his love inside of us, not something we produced on our own. He came inside of us and now we are enabled to love one another. Did you know, I did not know this, but I just found this out. Maybe some of you smart people out there probably already know this, but did you know in the natural that one drop of your blood put under a microscope tells the whole history of what your body has fought and won in fighting diseases. Every, everything it has fought for in you and won will show up in one drop of blood because the antibodies came against that disease. It could be a disease that you never knew you had. It just took over and it took care of it because your immune system was strong enough to build up those antibodies. So in one drop of blood, blood, not Budweiser, (laughs) in one drop of blood, this blood is for you, right? In one, right? This in one drop of blood shows the history of everything your body has fought against and won. And so it is with the blood of Jesus and one drop of his blood shows the history of everything he fought against in hell and won for you. That blood of Jesus is precious. Never discount the blood of Jesus. It says it's not if the blood of bulls and goats and heifers would succumb God for a little while, how much more the blood of his son Jesus that paid for all of our sins, that took the death penalty for us. Amen. So if God so loved us and did that for us, we also ought to love one another. We're still talking about community. Amen. So here's the modern term community is based on individualism. The modern term, when you hear people say community, we got community, it's based on individualism. So what that means is that an individual self-initiates a group or a gathering based upon his or her interest or ideology or shared attitudes. So they start it, an individual starts it, but there's a lot of broken communities out there. There's a lot of brokenness in the community. However, God, the biblical sense and term for community is an internal and an eternal relatedness and communion of the Godhead. They initiated it. So that will be, the Bible says that he is a sure foundation. We have a sure foundation. That community, because it initiated with the three of them, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, that communion or that community that was self-initiated by them will never be broken. We're just invited to join in to their communion, to their community. So that's what's so wonderful. I'm going to read it like I wrote it. Based on the the biblical term community is based on internal, eternal relation, relatedness and communion of the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then through that, the way has been made through his son, Jesus Christ to bring us in to the communion and have the living God inside of us and that flowing out into other people. That is an 
a privilege. That is a privilege for us to be able to have God living inside of us. Go to John 17, 21 through 23. John 17, 21 through 23. And, and you can go fast. That's good. You can start with 20. I do not pray. This is Jesus praying for you and I. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. Everybody say, that's me. I'm a part of those who will. That they all may be one as you, Father, are in me, I'm in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe. Why did he want to get inside of us? that the world may believe that God sent Jesus. He wants to show the world that I am real, I'm alive, so I'm gonna live through the ones that accept me and the glory which you gave me. Can you think of the glory that the Father gave Jesus? We would all go, that's awesome, that's wonderful, that's unthinkable, that's uh, glorious. But Jesus said that the glory which the Father gave him, now he has given you. You have the glory of God sitting all over you. You have the glory of God in you that they may be one just as we are one. Now, the Bible says, what's that scripture? Um, go to walk in the light. First John. Uh, I don't know. First John 3, 1 or John 1, 12. Let's go to, nope. Nope, that's okay. John, go to John 1, 12 and 13. John 1, 12 and 13. There we go. You got it. First John 1, 7. I'm a little behind. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ automatically, his son, cleanses us from all sin. The closer to God you walk, the more of the light that you allow inside of you, the more of that light is showing all over and around you. People say to us all the time, man, I see a light around you. I see a light around you. It's not just a bright smile or brightness on your face. You could have brightness on your face, but they literally see an aurora around us. And God, they can see it. They can see it in the natural. It's not just a spiritual thing. So if if we walk in the light, the Bible says in, in John 1, it says that Jesus came in and gave light to mankind. So if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we shall have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Amen. All right, let's go to John 1. Just, there we go. So here, here's the thing. You can take that off for a minute. We'll go there in a minute. The father has such a heart to have family. The father loves community. We call him Father God, right? In Genesis 1.27, it says that we were made in his image. What do you think it is in you that come the holidays, you have on a good day, I'm talking about a good day, (laughs) on the holidays, in the natural sense of what I'm talking about, you have a desire to be with family. You have a desire to be with the ones of love. You have a desire for your children to come home and be with you that are grown and gone. You have such a desire to love and to be around and to have community and do life together with them. Where did that come from? That came from God. That came from the heart of God. He loves 
family and he wants to have a family. And that's why he told me, I want community. I want to do life with people. I want to do life together with people in the same place, not maybe in the physical same place, but in the same place in God that he is. He wants you to be in that place and he wants to do life with you. He wants that sharing in common. He wants that back and forth. He wants that communion. He wants that participation. He doesn't want you to do all the talking and he doesn't want to do all the talking. He wants to do community with you. Amen. So look at his heart. Look at his heart. John 1, 12 and 13. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right Another translation says the authority, the privilege. To them he gave the right and the authority and the privilege. Everybody say it's a privilege. To become children of God. To those who believe in his name. You have now been given a right to be called a child of God. To those who believe in his name. Who are not born of blood nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of any man, but now you're born of God. Maybe you were born out of wedlock. Maybe you were a victim of a rape. Maybe you were not born so right into a good family. Maybe no one cared for you, but God cares for you. He has now given you a right to become his child, to believe in his name and says, I don't care about who you were born, what your history is. The history of Jesus Christ, blood is now flowing through you because you've accepted him. It doesn't matter if it was just by physical impulse, by some, the will of the flesh, a will of a man. He says, but now it's of God. As many as receive my son, to them he gives the right. Forget all that past. Forget all that history. Just think about the history of what Jesus Christ did. And now he says, I give you the right to have community with me. My blood brings you into that sweet Godhead commune, communion. And I get to live inside of you. And you get to be a part of my community. Amen. Amen. I just love that about God. 1 John 3, 1. Let's read that. Behold, before I read that, let me just say this. I know that many of you in here already know what I'm saying. And maybe, maybe every Sunday morning is not, not for you specifically. Because I know those, you know those things. But maybe you could be sitting here and going, I'm going to say exactly what she said to my friend and my neighbor, to that person I work with. Now I know how to say it. Always be listening that maybe if you already know it, maybe you need to learn a way to say it. Listen to the heart of what's going on. There could be people in here, and I am, I am saddened by the fact that many young people I meet from ages 30 and under, they haven't even, they're in America, and they, have, they don't even know the gospel. They, they don't even know the gospel. They look at me like a, like a calf at a new gate. Like what in the world are you talking about? And yet we now need to understand, we need to learn how to break this down to people. We need to learn how to break it down. And I'm going to show you what the Lord showed me. You know, years ago, a boy, and I was talking to a boy about the Lord and he's like, prove it, prove it. I'm an atheist. Just prove it. You know, and I don't remember the rest of the conversation, but I was discouraged when I came home 
This was years ago. And I said, Lord, how do I prove you to these people who just like, we don't care, prove it. There's no such thing. Why do I have to be saved? Just it's all out. But yet my heart loves them. My heart does not want them to go to hell. And he said, you don't have to prove me to nobody. You preach the gospel. And I did preach the gospel to the boy because that's all I knew to do. I didn't have a way to prove it. You know, Lord, strike down fire right beside <laughs> Joe's feet. <laughs> so, so he said to me, you don't have to prove me. I'm a big boy. I can prove myself. That's when he took me to Romans 1 and he said, everything that I have made has shown them and it has been manifested to them that I am God. But they choose to suppress the truth in right? They suppress the truth. They suppress the truth. Amen. So it's not that they don't know. They know. He says, I have shown it to them. That's my job, not your job. You preach the gospel. And then my Bible fell open to Psalms 19. And it says, the sun, the moon, the stars, and the firmament declare the glory of God. And there is not one place in all the earth where their voice is not heard. So in every nation, in every tribe, in every tongue, in every place, it says the firmament is declaring the glory of God. And that it says their speech or their line goes out from place to place. And there's not one place in this world where their speech or their voice is not heard. That's what the Lord showed me. He says, I'm talking to them. I am talking to them. That's not your, that's not your deal. He says, you just preach the gospel. And then I read that the Holy Spirit, John 16, the Holy Spirit was sent to convict the world of sin. Did you know that the Holy Spirit is convicting every person on this earth when they're doing wrong? He's convicting them. There is a God-sized void that was created in each one of us by our maker because he made us. There's a God-sized void in every one of us that can only be filled by God. It cannot be filled by your husband, by your wife, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your mom, your dad. It can only be filled by God. And he created us that way. And when you're talking to someone, because you're going to talk to someone, when you're talking to someone, know that they already know. They already know because the Holy Spirit has been convicting them. You just preach the gospel. A, B, and C. Admit that you're a sinner. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of us. And the wages of sin has a big payout. And that payout is hell. And you're going if you don't receive Jesus as Lord. But I want you to receive Jesus as Lord. B, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but shall have everlasting life. And C, confess him as Lord. Romans 10, 9, and 10. Believe in your heart and confess him as Lord with your mouth. That's the ABC. That's the simplest form. Man, when God showed me that, I was freed. I was freed up. I'm like, I don't have to prove him to nobody. He's already shown it to him. He's already shown, I'm just going to preach the gospel. And they can do whatever they want to with it. But at least their blood is off my head. Yes. Ask God for an earnest quest and desire and passion to send people to you that you can speak to every day. People that are ready. 
Ask God, who can I speak to today? Who, who will open the door for me? Be, start being concerned for the people here, even in America, that don't know, because they don't know. There's a whole generation that will be lost if we don't go out there and show them the word of God and show them the way. Because they're not walking in here. They're not walking in here without maybe you bribing them, which is good. I'll take you out to pizza after lunch, you know, food or whatever. Without you bringing them, they're not necessarily just going to walk in behind these doors. So you're going to have to speak to them out there. Amen. Amen. All right. God loves community. He wants community and fellowship and communion with all of you in this place. He wants to do life with you. Corfi, Ronald, Shirley, Matthew, Ariel. He wants to do life with you. And here's the thing. Um, social media can give everyone a false sense of community. It gives everybody a false sense of community because you're flipping through, you're flipping through everybody. Oh, I love him. Oh, I love her. Oh, hearts. But nobody's seeing what's going on behind the scenes after you posted that. Because if you've been married 32 years, you worked on that relationship. You said, I'm sorry a thousand times. He said, I'm sorry back. You forgave one another. You had some sleepless nights. You had some cold moments. And we're not posting that on Facebook. But when I feel good about him, I'll post something good. Well, some people do pass but, but here's the thing. It gives to the young people a false sense of why is everybody else's relationship so awesome? Look at, they're just flipping through thousands of, oh, wonderful. I love my boyfriend. I love my girlfriend. But you don't know what's happening. The minute that she gets off that, they have a fight. She don't post that. But now she's moving on to another guy because she's looking at all the other posts of how perfect their lives are. Their lives are not perfect. Community, community, it, it works When you share and communicate and when you're humble, when you're real with one another, you're going to work things out in community. Amen? Amen. So be careful of that. I'm not saying to never go on those. You can use social media for good or you can use it for bad. Don't get caught up in the drama. If somebody says something ugly, you don't have to respond. You don't have to respond. Amen? Man, just put God out there on social media. Put God, put Jesus, put his blood. Put good things out for people to see. Because that's the real. That's the truth. Amen. Your kids, your grandkids, you kids that are here, do not let yourself fall into a false sense of community, a false sense of friendship, a false sense of security plugged into a phone. And here's what hurts my heart. My heart hurts when I'm walking down the street or I'm walking in the mall and we're very close because there's a lot of people and young people that can't even lift their eyes to look you in the face. Even when I'm speaking to them, they look at the ground. Who is teaching them? Who is molding them? It's not their parents. They hide behind a screen. They are something they are not, but they can't face a real person and look you in the eye and say hello or goodbye or even look up from the ground. That hurts me. That hurts me. And, and you know, there's times that 
in my own setting and in my own world and in my own community, the people that I deal with and that love me and trust me, young people, I say, look at me when you're talking to me. Lift your eyes. Communicate with me. You know, don't be afraid. Lift your eyes. The light of the eyes is the window to the soul. I can see more in your eyes than what you say with your mouth. But be strong and lift up. Know who you are in Christ. Know what God has done for you. Know the family that he wants you to be a part of. You be strong as a young person and go, God loves me. He values me. He died for me. His blood was shed for me. It doesn't matter what I've done wrong. It doesn't matter what has happened in my past. I put it under the blood of Jesus. I ask him to forgive me and I'm strong and I can look at you and I cannot be afraid of your face because God is in me. You should see the looks we get when we're preaching. I have learned to look, but not to look. It did not happen overnight for me. People doing all kinds of things out there. But I'm looking at you right now, but right now I'm looking inside. Because God is telling me what to say. He's filling my mouth. It doesn't matter whether you smile or you frown, or you're playing with your hair, or you're brushing your hair, or you're messing around on the back row. It doesn't even phase me anymore. I am very resolute in what God has given me to do. He says, I've got a message for you to say, and I'm saying, yes, sir, Lord. (laughs) I will say it. And it doesn't matter how you respond. I always want good responses, but if I don't get them, at least I can go home at the end of the day and say, God, I pleased you you. I pleased you and I love you. And I did what you told me to do because if God is on your side, nobody else matters. What I mean is what they think you matter to me, but what you think doesn't matter at the time that I'm preaching. I'm like, I got to do what God said. (laughs) Amen. Amen. So God is a father. He loves a family. You're made in the image of God. It is a no-go for a parent to never talk to their child. If Jordan never talked to me, I would be so sad. I talk to him all the time. I talk to him all the time. I miss him because he's my seed. He's my gift from God. I love him. And so I want to do community with him. Amen? That's just an example. But in your hearts of hearts, y'all are the same way. You want to have community with your family. And I know that some of you might have brokenness in your relationships, but in your heart of hearts, you want community with your family. God put that in your heart. Where do you think that came from? It came from his heart who wants to have community with you. Talk to him while you're doing the laundry. Talk to him while you're working on the car. Talk to him while you're playing golf. Talk to him. He will answer you. He will speak to you. He wants to be in communion and in sharing with you. He wants to be participating with you. He wants community. Amen. Let's go to 1 Corinthians. 1 John 1, 7 and then 1 Corinthians 1, 9. Did I say that right? 1 John 1, 7. Oh, we can do that. Nope, that's, that's fine, three. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. There's that word again, communion, sharing, participation. And truly now our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 1.9. God is faithful. Everybody say, God is faithful. God is faithful. By whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, yeah. Jesus Christ, our Lord. If you don't know what your calling is, 
There's your scripture. You were called, number one, above all things, you were called into fellowship. To have community with God. That is his number one. Okay, so maybe you missed your calling or people get so uptight about, oh, maybe I was supposed to do this or maybe I was supposed to do that or maybe I was supposed to work here and they just get all angst about it. I'm like, read 1 Corinthians 1.9. Above all, all God has called you into, number one, first and foremost, is into fellowship Amen. of his son. Can you do that? Can you spend time with him? Can you love on him? You were loving on him this morning yep. and he was loving straight back into you. Amen. Let's not make this hard. You're called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. If you can't do anything well, do that well. If you're not sure of anything else in your life, say, I know one thing. I may not know a lot of things, but I know one thing. I am called into the fellowship of his son. I am called to do community with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And then in 1 Peter 3, 8, we won't go there. In 1 Peter 3, 8, it says you were also called to be a blessing, that you might inherit a blessing. Those are really easy. I was called into the fellowship of his son, and I'm called to be a blessing. Amen. Amen. Do you love Jesus this morning? Yes, he loves you. And And I know that a lot of you already know this, but there's a dying world out there. There's a dying world. There's a lost generation or a generation that it appears that we're losing if you don't go out and start repairing the breach and not being afraid to speak into people's lives and hearts. What does it matter what they think? At the end of the day, what's it matter? You may not ever see them again. You may never see them again. But at least you gave them the gospel. You gave them a chance to slip and get out of the chains of hell. And I know I've heard people say this to me. I don't want nobody telling me what to do. Why do I have to be saved? Well, the Bible told, and the Bible is the basis for our attitudes, our goals, and our interests, right? It's the basis. So, so Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. Nicodemus was a good man. He said, you must be born again. It's not being born by blood and by the will of man. That, that's not going to work. You've got to be born again. You've got to accept Jesus as Lord. Amen. And so many people out there, they'll say, I don't want no one telling me what to do. I don't want nobody telling me what to do. So I'll look at them and I'll say this. Or they'll say, I don't want to be nobody's slave. And I say this. You are a slave. You're already a slave. You're either a slave unto sin or you're a slave unto righteousness. There's only two types of people on the earth. The family of God and Satan. Amen? So you have to be brave and bold and look at people and say, you're already a slave. You're enslaved under sin. I'm sorry, that's what happened. Sin came in and corrupted the planet and you are a part of that. You are a slave into sin. And the payout for sin is humongous. It is eternal death. And you are going to live forever. Somewhere. So, that's when you present the gospel to them. Amen? If they give you just a half a breathing chance, present the gospel to them. Amen? So go ahead. If you could go ahead and prepare that video. I'm ready to watch that. We have a a video that I would like you to watch on community. And you can go ahead and hit play and turn the lights off when you are ready. Thank you very much.
It's okay. Hey, Joe. Hey, Reese. How's the book? Almost finished. I'm gonna Just want skip mine the signed. ad. Take the little mouse down and hit skip ad. <laughs> there you go. Oh. Nope. Nope. Don't do that. Okay. Community is God's heart, it's his idea. It started with him. We see in heaven, Father, Son and Holy Spirit in a perfect oneness together. No barriers, no separations, no distinctions. There is that flow of perfect love between them. But God's heart, God's passion was to bring that community to earth. And when Jesus walked upon this earth, he created a new society and a new way of sharing. And part of that was the sharing of possessions, the sharing of money. They had a common purse. And that common purse showed that mammon could be overcome and destroyed. The power that there was in money, the selfishness, the greed, was overcome through that sharing. But it was also a society of justice, of right relationships, where people were included, were valued, were esteemed. And Jesus, in his great community, love, heart, reached out to those who were marginalised and excluded, those who were rejected, the Samaritan, the leper, the Roman centurion. It was a place of real reconciliation. Community united and brought together those who would never have been together in any other way. The work of the cross will always break down those barriers. The work of the cross that creates community, creates a oneness of heart and soul, will always draw together and include And that community of reconciliation reflected the eternal community of heaven upon this earth. The landscape of uh, our society is very broken, very fragmented. So many relationships, and in failure. So many people long to establish deeper friendships, but they don't know how to. And I know that in the midst of that, that broken world, God is creating community. People who can live together in a world that's falling apart. And you know, right from the early days, the church stood out in that broken world. They were the, the ones who fed the hungry, clothed the naked. They were the ones who rescued the babies from those rubbish tips where they were abandoned. They looked after the elderly, the orphans, the vulnerable. And God, God wants to save us from this crooked world. You see, salvation isn't just about personal salvation, about getting free of our sin and ourself. It's about being rescued from a corrupt and fallen society. As Peter said on that day of Pentecost, Save yourselves from a crooked generation and save yourself out of that 
crooked generation into a new society, spirit-filled, where the love of Jesus permeates a new level of relationships, a new love, a new power together. And that social salvation is found when people come together and live in Jesus' community. But this, this community isn't just for itself. This community is there to reach out to others. It's got to be a fire that spreads, a fire that warms, a fire that includes. God has the answer. And I believe that just as we see in heaven that perfect society, just as we recognise that there is the ideal that God has for humanity. If it's there in heaven, why not live it out on earth now? Praise the Lord. Say this with me, Father. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done in me on earth as it is in heaven. May I take this community, this sharing, this communion that you so desire to have with me. May I take it to a broken world. May I take the precious gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to share and bring them into a God-filled community. In Jesus' name. As my altar workers are coming forward, my ministry workers, I know I prayed from the stage earlier, but if you're here today and you don't know if you've ever made Jesus Lord, if you're here today and you know you need to repent of sin and ask him to be the Lord of your life, today's the day of salvation, do not leave. There is no guarantee. There is no guarantee that you will live past this moment when you walk out these doors. There is no guarantee of that because the protection of God is not on you. Every step away from the light is a step into further darkness. So I beg with you, I plead with you, if you need to make things right with the Lord, if maybe you knew him at one time or you, you might have given your heart to the Lord, we're going to be doing this every Sunday. You bring your friends. You bring your family. We're going to give people a chance to be born again. If you need prayer for any reason, not just to be saved, come up here. They will pray, lay hands on you to pray for you for healing. The Bible says they lay hands on the sick and they will recover. They pray in faith and you agree with them. You will recover. We have that promise from God in Mark 16. If you need your, your needs met, finances the Bible says, if any two shall agree on earth is touching anything they ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. He's a good God. He loves you. He's a father, and he wants to take care of you. There are no grandchildren, cousins, nieces, or nephews in the family of God. We're all his children. You could be 90, and you're his son or daughter. And you could be three, and you could be his son or daughter. We're all children of God. He's given us that beautiful right, authority, and privilege to those who have accepted the blood shed of Jesus.
Thank you for listening to this powerful message. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to www.wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.